Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Lynn S., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. Today is Monday, May the 17th, 2021. We are reading from the big book, continuing our study in the chapter, How It Works, on page 58, the second paragraph. Today's readers are the 12 steps, Maura Z, the 12 traditions, Dara L, and readers of the text, Marge O, Elizabeth C, and Leon B. The reference number for Sunday, yesterday's special edition, May the 16th, is 16958. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery to the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And I will now ask Maura Z to read the 12 steps. Good morning, Maura. Good morning, Lynn. Maura Z, recovering in Virginia. Grateful to do service. One, we admitted we were powerless over food that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, Continue to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Pass. Thank you, Maura Z. 
And Dara L. will read the 12 traditions. Welcome, Dara. Great. Thank you so much. I'm Dara L. in Philadelphia. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. The 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you. Thank you, Dara L. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, Everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. And today we're continuing our study of the big book, chapter five, how it works on page 58. We'll be reading the second paragraph, our stories disclosed in a general way and sharing on that. Marjo, could you get us started, please? Good morning, all. Thank you very much for this opportunity. Marge O. from Massachusetts, recovered and grateful. Our stories disclose in a general way what we used to be like, what happened, and what we are like now. If you have decided you want what we have and are willing to go to any length to get it, 
then you are ready to take certain steps. When I first read this paragraph many moons ago, many 24 hours ago, I absolutely had no idea what they meant. I thought it probably meant to me at that time, would I go to meetings, would I get in the car, would I drive an hour to go to a meeting, would I drive a half hour, would I show up on time, would I stay at the whole meeting because I had no idea what the 12 steps were really about. And I had no idea that it would take me quite a few times to understand what it meant to go to a meeting, to be a part of the program, to have to have started to do my steps, to get even past step one, to give up the food. I thought perhaps maybe it was just another diet at first, and um, but I saw the successes of some people, so I thought I would stick around and see. I did feel as though when I was told about OA, at that point in my life, I thought I'm just going to be fat all the days of my life. I couldn't find a diet that worked. I had no idea that I was missing, that I was spiritually among the missing when it came to why I couldn't get abstinent and stay abstinent, although I didn't use that word back when I dieted. I just thought, why can't I stay on a diet? But I also knew I couldn't do another diet, and I was grateful that I did stick around and start to understand that the reasons I ate were many and that this program taught me all about why I ate and that how I could live my life, eat a little more normally and not dive into the food every time I had an emotional upset or that I saw something that I thought, oh, I'd like to have that. And when I couldn't have it, and naturally I would find my solace in food. So I am eternally grateful that I have come to this program and that I have stuck around and learned a lot more about me, although all of it wasn't pleasant. But I could change a lot of things with the help of my higher power and the fellowship. So with that, I will pass. And thank you. Thank you for getting us started, Marjo. The line is now open for sharing on what we just read. Although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your share to every third day so that others may share their experience too. So if you shared on Thursday or Friday, please step back and let others have their turn. And please say your name just once. It does help me hear everybody. Who would like to share? Katie G. from Boston. Adriana T. Okay, I did miss somebody. So far, though, I do have Katie G. And I have Adriana. Who did I miss, please? Pedro B. Pedro, thank you. Sorry. Okay. Who else would like to share, please? Davilin E. Anyone else?
Okie doke. Let's go with this lineup. We have Katie G, Adriana T, Pedro B, and Davilin E. Good morning, Katie. Hey, Lynn. Thanks for taking the meeting. Katie G, Recovered Compulsive Eater in Boston. I've read this paragraph a lot of times, and two things strike me this morning. The first thing that strikes me is general. So general is common nature, majority of individuals. What does that mean for our OA meeting in step two? Well, over the years, I, I really thought that it meant that I should come on and tell you guys the severity of my anorexia and my bulimia and the 228 pounds and the 110 pounds. I went through a period of time where I thought I should tell you about my childhood trauma. I thought I should tell you about all the things that happened to me and I had to use food to, um, to like self-soothe. But what this is telling me is that I'm here to carry a message and not the mess. I'm here to disclose to you in a general way what I used to be like, what happened, and what I am like now. Because the thing is, although my anorexia and bulimia is super impressive, <laughs> it's just a symptom. And it's not majority of individuals. Majority of individuals, in order to be a member of Overeaters Anonymous, we need two things, right? Can I stop when I start? And can I stop myself from starting, right? So the insanity of step two, believe it or not, it's not about the, the crazy dieting and throwing up I did. That's a symptom. The insanity of step two, if you ever have a seat in this meeting, is that every time I'm, a, I'm sitting in stone cold abstinence, I can't stop myself from going back. It's not the details. The details are exclusionary, and it is also exclusionary to talk about all this, you know, the childhood trauma and things like that, because you don't have to go through incest to be a member of Overeaters Anonymous. We have an allergy of the body and an obsession of the mind. And then secondarily, I want to talk about willingness. It is so easy to speak for three minutes and say, I'm willing. I am willing. But like one of my favorite teachers says, your words are so, your actions, can't even say it right, are so loud I can't hear your words, right? Because it's not about coming on this line and saying, I'm Katie G, I'm so recovered, I'm willing, I'm willing, I'm willing. Who cares, Katie? Show me, show me, show me when you're not wanting to commit your food five years into the program and you're messing around with what you think is sort of kind of maybe abstinent food, but maybe not, am I willing to put it down or do I need to continue to go back to seek that sense of ease and comfort that comes at once by taking that first bite, right? Willingness is overrated. The thing I need the most is desperation. I pray all of us have enough desperation to realize how this disease is going to kill us and, or me, if you have my disease, it's going to kill me and how I need to keep showing up each and every day. Thanks for the privilege of charging with you. With that, I pass. Thank you, Katie G. And Adriana T, it's your turn. Welcome. Thanks, Lynn. Thanks for your service. And thanks for everyone doing service on the line today. This is Adriana T, Recovered Compulsive Reader in Michigan. And yeah, I kind of wanted to talk about that willingness as well, like that willingness to go to any lengths. Um, when I came into the program, um, 
you know, I wasn't really sure I was a compulsive overeater. I was in and out, in and out. But when I finally got to that point of desperation in 2019, um, it didn't matter that I had a one-year-old baby and a full-time job. Um, I was willing to do whatever was asked of me. Um, I was going to meetings every night. I was doing the step work in a timely manner. Um, I was getting into service even when I was afraid because I was afraid not to do these things. I was afraid not to do what my sponsor asked of me because I was so desperate to get out of my situation with food. Um, So I think that's something that, you know, we know how, especially as a sponsor, we know how willing someone is when we see the work they're doing, like what's talked about, like it's about our actions, what we're going to, going to do and what we are doing with our step work. Um, That's the only thing that we have to take the actions. It's not about, you know, it's not a psychological program of like processing the information. It's just a program of action and it's simple, but not easy. That's the, that's the thing. And I remember when I came in, I just thought it was all about the food, like putting the food down. And if I can do that, am I willing to do that? But it's really so much more because so many people struggle when they get to steps four and nine. They don't want to do those actions. They're uncomfortable. Um, And those are the things that are harder to do. But I think when you're desperate enough, like I was, you'll be willing to do them. So with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Adriana T. Pedro B., it's your turn, followed by Davlin E. Good morning, Pedro. Good morning. Can I be heard? Yes, thank you. Good morning. Thank you. Thanks for your service. Thanks, everybody, for being on the line, uh, sharing your spirit, strength, and hope with us. Um, You know, this paragraph this morning, uh, I was thinking about, um, you know, my name is Pedro. I'm a compulsive overeater. Uh, I feel I am recovered at this moment. <laughs> so now when it says um, uh, our story disclosed in a general way what we used to be like, and it's like, you know, this is an Alcoholics Anonymous book, right? It's talking about alcoholics, but tra- translating it to Overeaters Anonymous, uh, our story means your story, those people that are recovered from uh, compulsive overeating to me is your story. Uh, and, and what happened to you, what it was like, what happened, and what it's like now. And I'm so grateful that you guys share your experience, strength, and hope with me because uh, I can see and feel your recovery. And then uh, if I have decided and I want what you have and I, and I am willing to go to any length to get it, then I'm ready to take certain steps. And what that's telling me at this moment is is that um, I need to be willing to go to any length. And what is it that you have? What you have is recovery. What you have is abstinence. What you have is spiritual awakening. What you have is a beautiful thing that I want. I want to be happy, joyous, and free from food and from resentment and from all the stuff. Anyways, that's plenty out of me. Thank you for letting me share. And thank you, Pedro. And Davlin E., it's your turn. Please go ahead, Davlin. Thank you, Lynn. May I be heard? Yes, thank you. 
Thanks, Lynn. Good morning, everyone. My name is Davalyn E., and I am a recovering compulsive reader from Manitoba, Canada. You know, this is an amazing paragraph for me. I, um, when I came to OA, I really came for the vanity. I wanted to be able to be not fat, not obese. I wanted what the people in that room had. They were slender and they were happy. I had no idea what the big book was. I had no idea what was going on. So I'm fairly bright. I caught on to that very, very quickly. And I dieted with group support. But I didn't see anything in that room that was new to me. And I didn't find out what my problem was. I was willing to do what my sponsor said to do. But I didn't know that my sponsor didn't know. I didn't know that many people didn't know. And when I came to vision three months ago or so, I discovered what it was that people had that I didn't have. I had no idea that I was not connected to a higher power. I had no idea. Intellectually, I knew something was missing, but I had no idea what was missing in my life. I had no idea that what I was going to find as I worked this program with the big book and with the different way of being in the world, that not only was I going to find out, as another member says frequently, that there is a God and I am not it. I was going to find out that there really is a God. I was going to find out that I had a heart and that it could be not just connected to, but submissive to a power that I couldn't see, touch, define, but I can now feel in my life directing me to be a decent human being. I had no idea what a defective thing I was. And it's been quite a journey beginning to look at that. And it has been so joyful to be freeing myself with God's help from the bondage of self. And that's what this program has given me, much more than anything I could ever have dreamed of. And with that, thank you for listening, and I will pass. Thank you, Dablini. For those of us who are just coming on the line, we are continuing our study of the big book in Chapter 5, How It Works. We're on page 58, and we're reading the second paragraph, Our Stories Disclose in a General Way. The line is now open for sharing on what we just read. And although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your share to every third day so that others may share their experience too. So if you share it on Thursday or Friday, please step back and let others have their turn. And please say your name just once. It does help me hear everybody. Who would like to share? Crystal P. Okay, there were two people who came on at once. I'm sorry. All I got was Crystal P. Who else offered their name? Lynn Renee. 
Yvette L. Lynn R. Uh, no, Lynn Renee H. Lynn Renee H. Okay. Yvette L. Yvette, thank you. I couldn't hear you there. Yvette L. All right. So far I have Crystal P, Lynn Renee H, and Yvette L. Who else would like to share? Anita L. Okay, there was somebody S, I believe I missed. Katie F. Katie F, thank you. Anita L. Got you, Anita, thank you. Okay, here's who I have. Crystal P, Lynn Renee H, Yvette L, Anita L, and Katie F. Is there anyone else? All right, let's go with that lineup. Crystal P, could you start us off, please? Hi, good morning. This is uh, Crystal P, recovered compulsive overeater from Toronto, Canada. Um, when I, when I, every time I read this paragraph, I'm reminded of the first time that I was, um, I was asked to speak at a meeting, and. Um, you know, I, I went over to my sponsor and I was just so excited. And, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm going to be speaking at a meeting. And, you know, I'm, I'm a little nervous. Well, what am I going to say? And, um, you know, and my sponsor said to me, well, what does the big book tell us? The big book gives us instructions on what we should share when, when we're asked to, to share our story. And, um, and, and for the first time, you know, I, I, I knew exactly what the big book said. And I was so excited. And I'm like, yes, I know, I know. It's, um, it's right on page 58. The big book tells us we should be sharing, you know, um, what it used to be like, what happened, and what, it, what it's like now. And my sponsor said, nope, nope, that's not it. And I remember being like, no, I'm sure, I'm sure that's what it is. It says that, you know, what it used to be like, what, what happened, and what, what it's like now. And she said, no, let's, let's pull out the big book. And we opened it up to page 58. And there we read, it was, it was close, but not exactly. It said, our stories disclose in a general way, not what it used to be like, what happened, and what it was like now but what we used to be like, what happened, and what we are like now. And what I learned from that and what I will always remember is that the problem was never it. I always thought the problem was it. You know, my parents' marriage, my, uh, the way my sister was with me, the fact that I never uh, was in a romantic relationship, the fact that people bullied me, that nobody understood me, that I was always lonely, that, you know, all, all the it's, all the other all, all, everything that's outside of me is what I thought was the problem. And for the first time it dawned on me, it is not the problem. The problem is in me. You know, it's kind of like those, um, those like, uh, you know, old horror movies where the calls coming from inside the house, like I am the problem. The problem is inside me. And the good news about that is that no, nothing and nobody else has to be fixed for me to recover. Because if the problem is in me, then the only thing that has to happen is that I have to be willing and I have to take certain steps and allow God to work within me by being willing to go to whatever length I'm asked to go to. And it's never crazy length. It's never, you know, something ridiculous. It's just usually simple things that I have to do in the day that somehow for me as a compulsive overeater are hard to do. But the moment I am willing to do that, everything else changes. And what's so beautiful in my life today in recovery is that it has not changed. All the it is the same. My family is the same. My job, you know, 
how people are at work, how, like, none of that changes. All that has changed is me. The inside of me has changed, and because of that, everything in my life has changed. And I'm so grateful that recovery is not dependent on any other it, but what is inside me and allowing God to change that. Thanks for letting me share. I pass. Thank you, Crystal P. Lynn Renee H., it's your turn, followed by Yvette L. Good morning, Lynn Renee. Hi, good morning. I'm Lynn Renee H. I'm from Montreal, Canada. And uh, I'm in the uh, fellowship for seven years. I've been in relapse for three months. And this is, uh, for me, um, a malady that really scraps my, my, uh, my memory. It's been two weeks I've been in the, with the Vision for You with a new sponsor from here. And I'm, like, blown away on how I forget. I, I, I don't know how to connect with my God no more. I'm like, what the hell happened? And, and I, I'm so stuck on why's, 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 that with the reading this morning, what I'm hearing is so simple. If and willing, take. That's about the resume of this, of this little paragraph. And it's so sm- little words. And one of the things is that for me and probably I think a little bit other people is that I'm not, I have to, when I, when I want something, I want it like I want it. And if I've decided that I want what you have, but I'm going to take it, but in my own way. And this program shows me that if I want what you have, I need to do what you, what you're doing. I can't tweak it. I can't put it at Lynn Renee's recipe. It's our recipe. It's how it works recipe. Bill and Bob, AAs. It's the big book recipe. It's not mine. And I can't just pick and choose what I like and leave the rest. And what's nice is that, and I'm getting emotional here, but hang on here. It's the willingness to do different because the fear is so present. It's so weird how I can be so afraid of something that everybody that has it says how grateful they are and how beautiful it is. It's mind-boggling for me that I'm afraid of the best thing ever. It's really strange. And uh, this morning I heard something about fear in my in my meditation, and it's like med- uh, fear, like in the present, fear just scraps everything. It doesn't bring anything, and you stay stuck. And I remember this morning of choosing the vibe of your tribe. I heard a member like two, uh, last year say that, and I was like, oh, my God, that is so true. And this is what I get from a vision for you. I'm choosing the vibe of my new tribe. And uh, because of all of you, or anyways, it's positive, the willingness from the inside is stopped by the fear and the only way I'm able to go to the other side of fear is knowing to follow the people that have hope, are giving hope so generously just by actions, and that are you're, you guys are ready to go to any length. So I'm holding on to you, and I'm trusting you, and I'm letting the fear go. So thank you so much. Thank you, thank you. And this time, there's something weird, better. God is putting, like, stones on the on the on the ground and I'm just walking on them. It's so beautiful. Thank you so much for your service and um have a nice day. 
Thank you, Lynn Renee H. Yvette L., it's your turn, followed by Anita L. Good morning, Yvette. Good morning. My name's Yvette L., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in New Britain, Connecticut. Um, and I love this uh, part of the big book. Well, I love the, all of it, but um, I do like this uh, stuff as well. Um, so at the top of this page, um, when I was going through the big book with my sponsor, she had me write, how free do I want to be? Um, and that just reminds me that um, I have made a decision that I want what we have, and that is freedom, freedom from the obsession. Um, so if I've decided that's what I want, um, and, you know, most importantly, am, am I willing to go to any length to get it? Um, at times, you know, I wanted what was offered. I wanted that freedom, um, but I wasn't willing. Um, there were other times that I was willing, but I wasn't desperate enough, um, you know, to do the work. Um, so for me, the, the magic is in the desperation and the willingness. I've got to be desperate enough and I've got to be willing enough. Um, and then I'm ready to take certain steps, steps. Um, and the steps lead to um, ego deflation, um, and that's uh, part of what I didn't want for a long time. I didn't want my ego deflated. You know, I wanted to be able to do it, um, do the program the way that Yvette wanted to do it, and that just was never going to work. Um, so gratefully, you know, I kept coming back um, even when I wasn't, you know, willing and wasn't desperate enough to, you know, to do what, what was instructed because uh, I knew at my very first meeting on uh, July 4th, 1992, I knew this was where I belonged, and gratefully, I never left. Um, so I did gratefully, fully surrender a couple years ago and followed the instructions, and I've had a very different experience, but I've got to, you know, continue to go to any length, um, you know, doing my, my 10 steps and doing my nightly review and, you know, seeing all the stuff I don't want to see, like, you know, thinking about, you know, a family member and, um, you know, seeing my own superiority and criticism and resent, resentment. That's not comfortable to see. But if I don't, um, I know where I'm headed. So gratefully today, I'm willing to go to any length and look at that stuff. So thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Yvette L. Anita L., it's your turn, followed by Katie F. Please go ahead, Anita. Thank you, Lynn, and I apologize for saying my name twice. I didn't think you heard it the first time. Um, I know that's part of the instruction not to uh, say your name twice, so I do apologize for that. Um, I'm Anita L. from outside of Philadelphia, and uh, I wanted to share today because... When I work with my sponsees, um, when this line is read, um, if you have decided you want what we have and are willing to go to any length to get it, then you are ready to take certain steps. So I say to my sponsee, not only are, are you willing to go to any length when they say, yes, I am, I then say, and are you willing to go to any and every length to get well? And I think that's a big difference because that means I am laying myself on the line. I am opening myself up to my higher power. Take me. I am yours. I can't do it alone anymore. I, you know, the it was talked about the gift of desperation. I have to get to that point to be willing to go to any and every length 
because I can't stand living with myself and my disease anymore. And I want recovery that much because I, I want it all. I'm selfish. You know, that's why I got to the rooms. I'm selfish and self-centered. And so now that I'm feeling recovery, I want it all. I want the max that I can get. So I have to give everything of myself. And what I'm finding that's different today in in this recovery that I've been experiencing for a little over a year is that I am living in 10, 11, and 12. I never really did that before. You know, occasionally I did step 10 when I would have a problem, and then 11 when it was convenient, I meditated, um, but I didn't do it for any length of time. And that's changed ever since last, almost a year now. It's, It's changed, and daily, daily. I do 10, 11. I always did 12. But, and, and the other thing I wanted to say is today when I am asked, um, if I'm asked to share my story at a meeting, I want to talk more so on what my life is like today, what's happening now, not, you know, the dysfunction of me growing up and what, it, what I was like uh, and what it was like. It was just talked about the it you know, how am I able to be of maximum service to my higher power and to all of you guys? And that's the reason why I thought that I should share. So I wouldn't just be a taker. I would be a giver today. So with that, I pass. Thank you. Have a beautiful day, everybody. Thank you, Anita L. Katie F., it's your turn. Please go ahead, Katie. Good morning. This is Katie F., a recovered compulsive overeater in Virginia. And I love this paragraph. In fact, at one time I'd memorized this whole first part and would recite it all the time. But I, I, the part that was missing is that I wasn't willing to go to any length to get it. And I would try to find people who um, weren't working so hard but seemed to be recovered. And I would try to follow what they did who, you know, they'd lost their weight, but then they you know, had a lot more freedom and how they ate. And I tried to eat like them and, you know, I got exactly nothing. Um, I stayed in and out of um, relapse and half measures for the first uh, six years I was in OA. And I, um, I came initially when I was 14 and thought I really didn't need this program. And then, you know, got worse and worse until I was 21. And then when I was 21, you know, I worked half measures for six years and I did not want to um, find people um, and go to any length. I mean, I, I, I wanted what they had, but I was not willing to go to any length to get it. And today, you know, I've been absent for over three decades and it has been a lot of one days at a, one day at a time of wash, rinse, repeat. You know, and it can sound so boring and it can sound like, oh, my gosh, why would you want to be doing this for 30 some years? And, you know, but my life is getting fuller and richer every single day. And it's not, um, you know, a laborious task to uh, do what, you know, was 
said on the special edition yesterday, everyone who shared their, you know, entire abstinence, that's the way I've been living for, you know, a long time, all of it. And, you know, the beauty of that is it gives us so much freedom to then live the rest of our lives and to dig deeper every single day. Um, It's not about the food of, you know, being going to any length. It's going to any length to recover in every area of my life, to continue to press into my higher power and learn, you know, why does, you know, my button, why do my buttons get pushed, you know, sometimes when this situation happens? And, you know, I don't run, go running back to the food. Um, but unchecked, if I don't keep pressing in and keep growing and keep changing, that's exactly what is waiting for me. And I don't ever want to go back there. Yes, I can tell a a sad story of how my life was, but compared to decades that other people have had in this disease, it can sound pretty lame. But you know what? That's all it took for me. And I am so grateful that I am willing today to do even more than I was willing to do 33 years ago. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Katie F. So for those of us who came on the line a little bit later, we are continuing our study in the big book in the chapter, How It Works. On page 58, the second paragraph, our stories disclose in a general way. The line is now open for sharing on what we just read. And although we value your experience, strength, and hope, we ask that you limit your share to every third day so that others may share their experience too. So if you shared Thursday or Friday, please step back and let others have their turn. And please say your name just once. It does help me hear everybody. Who would like to share? Gloria Kay. Anyone else? Shelly D. Pam R. I have. Is that Tina R? Pam R. Pam, thank you. Hilda S. So, Hilda S. S. Hilda S. Thank you. Okay. I've got Gloria K. Shelley G. Pam R. And Hilda F. Let's go with that lineup, please. Gloria, could you start us off? Hi, I'm Gloria Kay, a recovered compulsive overeater in South Florida. Oh, wow. I'm glad you're reading this chapter today and this this paragraph. What I used to be like was I would see food and I would eat it. Um, And now I've also been in the program for over three decades. And I have a program. I know what I could eat. I know what my red foods are. I know what my green foods are. I know what my yellow foods are. And for today, I'm just so blessed. And I, I thank everybody on this line because I've been listening to this, to the vision for about, I guess, seven years. I don't know exactly when you all started. It could have been eight years. But I get so much from everybody. So thank you all for being here and for just, just, 
validating what we have and what a disease it is, and we have a way out with with the vision and with our way. So thank you all. Thank you, Gloria K. Shelly G., it's your turn, followed by Pam R. Please go ahead, Shelly. Hi, I'm Shelly G., as in David. I'm from Bucks County, Pennsylvania, and I thank you so much for your service, and thanks, everybody, who's been sharing. Um, I just want to keep it simple because I really can't speak on things I don't know of, but I do know that as far as sharing my experience, strength and hope, my story, I know that I have to do that in order to remember because I forget. I forget I forget today what it was like last week. And in that one moment, it's important not only for me to share mine, but also to hear yours so that I can relate to you. And I can say, yep, I'm not unique at all. She's got the problem. He's got it. He did this when he was 16. Oh, my God, I did the same thing. So I really need to hear that. And right now, I just want to say for myself that I am willing to go to any length. Um, I don't know that I was able to say that before, but I'm starting. It's it's not easy. It's really tough for me. Um, you know, I stick my heels in the sand and... It's very, very difficult at times, but I'm willing right now. I'm willing to take a scale into a restaurant. I'm willing to make calls before and after. I'm willing to make certain amount of calls a day. I'm willing to get out of my comfort zone. I'm willing to call or text my sponsor if I change my food that day. Um, I'm beginning to be willing, and I'm, I'm desperate. I really want what you guys have. I want what you have. And I know after all these years of in and out, in and out, that it's the only way that I'm going to do it is if I surrender and become willing. So that's all I have to say. Thank you, everybody. Have a blessed day. Thank you, Shelly D. Pam R., it's your turn, followed by Hilda F. Good morning, Pam. Good morning. Thank you so much for the meeting. This is Pam R., Recovered Compulsive Overeater. From Texas, and what a great paragraph. My story, my story discloses in a general way what I used to be like, what happened, and what I'm like now. And what I used to be like is I used to believe, and what I used to live out was that my problem was what had happened to me. And so what I did with my problem and what I was like is I thought that I had to process the pain. And what I would do is I would process the pain, I would think about it, I would ruminate over it, and then I would go eat. I thought that what my problem was and the way I was behaving was that I had to figure it out then I would understand things, and then I would do things differently. And what happened was, was I came into these rooms, and I heard the complete opposite, was that I didn't have to understand anything. Everybody was in this room because they had experienced pain, and that their solution to the pain was to eat. 
And they were explaining how that didn't work, and then they did the 12 steps. And that's what happened to me, is I did. I did the actions, and then more was revealed, and I began to understand And the way I am now today is that I don't have to turn to the food. I don't want to turn to the food. And I'm experiencing neutrality that I never even knew existed. But that's only a small thing of what I have in the way of freedom. Because the freedom isn't just freedom from food. The freedom is to live a life that I never imagined was possible. And that's what I have for today, and I am so grateful, and with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Pam R. Hilda F., it's your turn. Good morning, Hilda. Good morning. This is Hilda F. from South Florida. Um, my story is I use food to dull pain. I use food to to celebrate. There's no... I had... Anything that happened, there was always the food. The food was everything. Um, I didn't have to have a trauma. I could have had a birthday. And I, you know, everything. Now I'm coming up with my 60th birthday, and I'm having a really hard time not wanting to pick up again. And I've been abstinent. I haven't binged in 136 days. And that's a lot. That's a lot to me. It's the first time. And um, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I have a lot of fear with it because... Um, my mother passed at 60 in my arms, and I kind of feel really scared, and I want to use the food again. But I'm not. You know, I've been going on my meetings, doing, you know, practicing some of the tools. I think I need to look, you know, listening to a meeting and everything and getting connected. That not to be comfortable with what I did, maybe I need to do something different, like maybe make more outreach calls, um, maybe do some more assignments. I mean, for today, I surrender. I am a food addict. I'm a compulsive overeater. And I can't eat like a normal person because I'm sane with the food, and I go insane with the food. Um, and I've lost a lot of weight, and I've been, I'm much healthier now, and I want to keep that. I don't want to be diabetic again. I don't want to have high blood pressure. I want to take care of myself and not sabotage and stay positive. You know, um, I don't want my food, I don't want my addiction to to control me. Um, so for today, I pray to God to help me through another challenge in my life. I've been through a lot of other challenges, which were much worse. Um, so thank you for the meeting. Thank you for your service. And thank you all for sharing. God bless and have a beautiful day. Thank you, Hilda S. We have time for another share. Who would like that spot, please? Anita J. Hi, Anita. Please go ahead. Thank you. Thank you so much, everybody who shared and and all of you doing service. My name's Anita J. And I'm recovered out in Massachusetts. Um, oh, the stories. Can I tell stories? <laughs> and, you know, they were lies. And the biggest lie was to Anita. I couldn't live with the reality that I couldn't handle this. 
And it just took decades. You know, when I say decades, I mean decades. I've been in since 1978, and it wasn't until Vision for You. Yes, I have to give you guys credit. They say it's just another healthy um, OA meeting. Yes, but just another, not, not just another. There is experience, strength, and hope on practically every person who shares. It's, um, it's just a miracle. And um, I never would have found it if someone hadn't directed me to it, if I hadn't been desperate that day. Because I was finally sick of my behavior, not just the wage. It, this was more about my behavior. I could not believe the lies anymore. And I just feel God, you know, my God has a sense of humor. Oh, for heaven's sake, I guess he would say heaven's sake. She finally, she finally threw the towel in. Finally. And it's all right, because I think there are people who will go to their grave and have gone that never got it. So I finally got it. That's what I want on my tombstone. She finally got it. And, um, I am one grateful human being, and with that, I pass. Thank you, Anita J., and thank you to everyone who shared and to Team Monday. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. And the share ID for this morning's meeting, Monday, May the 17th, is 16961. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Elizabeth C. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Hi, can, you, can I be heard? Yes, thank you. Um, thank you for your service. My name is <clears throat> Elizabeth D. and I am a recovered compulsive reader in the Boston area. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God keep, bless you and keep you until then.